I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baby back though, baby fall off. Snipping codeine cause I gotta kill the cold. Let me sit sideways in the big bins. Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. The game may be over, but they are just getting started. Raw and unfiltered, this is the OU Insider staff, and this is the Under the Visor postgame podcast. Welcome to another OU Insider Under the Visor Sooners postgame podcast. My name is Brandon Drum. I'm here with Parker Thune, and the University of Oklahoma is now 7-0 and after beating the TCU Horned Frogs 52-31 to in the debut of one Caleb Williams as a starting quarterback at the University of Oklahoma. And my, oh my, oh my, did he put on a show? And not only did he do that, the fans got, he got the loudest roar I've ever heard. Louder than Baker, louder than Kyler, louder than Jalen Hurts, louder than CeeDee Lamb. The loudest I have ever heard in a player introduction at the University of Oklahoma was one Caleb Williams. Parker, what can you say about this kid? Because my goodness, he's already well, proven that he's special. <laughs> well, first off, yeah, I was standing down there field level as they were rolling the introduction presentation of the starting lineups on the video board. And I was standing down there next to Lee Benson of News 9 in Oklahoma City. And I turned to him as they were flipping from the defense to the offense and beginning to introduce the offensive starters. And I told him, man, in a couple of seconds, you're about to hear this building roar louder than it's ever roared before. And sure enough, as soon as Caleb Williams name was announced, I mean, that place quaked because people love the kid. He, if he already, if he hadn't already endeared himself to the fan base before last week, I mean, his performance against Texas immediately enshrined him in the annals of sooner lore forever. He could not do yes. another notable thing for the rest of his career. Right. And he is his place in sooner lore is always going to be secure, but Correct. what he came out and did tonight 
on the heels of one of the most memorable individual performances in program history. Mm-hmm. It was freaking remarkable because you kind of figured everybody kind of figured, okay, he was darn near perfect last week. He could be good again tonight, but he's not going to be that good again tonight. And turns out he was every bit as good, if not better. 18 of 23, 295 yards through the air, accounted for five total touchdowns. Apparently, this dude loves Jaden Hazelwood because the chemistry that those two had Mm -hmm. paid off in spades. You saw Hazelwood on the receiving end of three of Williams' touchdown passes. Brandon, outside of letting the play clock inadvertently expire a couple of times, Caleb Williams didn't make a mistake tonight. He did not. That was as clean a performance from an Oklahoma quarterback as I have seen in a really, really long time. I mean, we're going back to vintage Baker Mayfield days. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) and then, you know, the funny thing you bring up Jaden Hazelwood and when you talk to people that know Caleb and the practices and who he kind of feels comfortable with and who he's talked to and, you know, all that as he's coming up through the system when he got to Oklahoma, the one player that everybody always said that he had a really good rapport with starting back in spring, uh, going all the way toward to up through fall camp was Theo Weiss. And obviously Theo's hurt. So, the fact that he's got this good of a rapport with Jaden Hazelwood right now, that's scary. Now, if that's the case and people are talking all this noise about, you know, Theo East, Theo East, that Theo East and, and Caleb and everything that I guess in practice, they put on a show because they seem to be really in tune with each other. I'm anxious to see that when he gets healthy because Jaden Hazelwood and uh, Caleb Williams seem to, you know, be tit for tat. They 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 know exactly where each other they want, you know, where Caleb wants him to be, and uh, Caleb knows where Jaden's gonna be. It's it's a weird deal, but it's a good deal for Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley. And then you know, Marvin Mims would have had a bigger day had he not been passed interference twice on big plays that dude would have had about 150 yards receiving on like four receptions. I mean, he was going to have a massive night had he not got held. So it seems that I thought the, the biggest thing of the night was Oklahoma was trying to take the top off the, the defense as much as possible. And Caleb Something, Williams wasn't afraid to do it. No, it's it, that it man. Like, he made probably I'd have to go count them up. I just finished cutting all the highlights, but he made probably eight or nine throws that were at least 25, 30 yards downfield. It's almost as if this was the offense that Lincoln had in mind with Spencer and Caleb just perfected it. He said, Oh no, 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 no. I got this for you, coach. I got it. I got it. That guy's not going to do it. I'll do it. And it's kind of weird. You see when you you get those deep passes, you have a QB that's assertive and will run the ball. The run game kind of uh, 
starts to click, doesn't it? Kennedy Brooks has now got Mack truck holes to run through. Brandon, in the six quarters since Caleb Williams took over, Kennedy Brooks has over 300 rushing yards, which amounts to nearly half of his season total in the last six quarters. Yeah. And he's going to he's going to add on to that next week against Kansas. It's going to get nasty. Oh, my goodness. This this offense. How excited Kansas is for that game. They're not. They looking and going. Dang it, man! I thought we were gonna have Spencer, <laughs> and that's no knock on Spencer. It's just he's not as assertive and as aggressive as Caleb. He's not is. Caleb. He's not Caleb. Yeah. Look, I, <laughs> I'm glad that it's finally making some sense now to the outside world why I've long been touting this guy as the best quarterback in America because. That is his ceiling, and you're already starting to see inklings of it through a game and a half of Caleb Williams. This dude is special, and with him at the controls of this Oklahoma offense, there is no defense that's going to like their chances going up. He's just magic is the word that immediately comes to mind, Brandon. The plays that he makes, and you saw several of them last week against Texas. You saw a couple more tonight where he just can make something out of nothing the way that few quarterbacks can. And I've, I've always kind of shied away from the Patrick Mahomes comparisons because that almost seemed a little bit too obvious to me, but I think it's pretty clear that in terms of his ability to create off script and make plays off script, he's almost a baby Patrick Mahomes in that capacity. Like the comparison has a lot of merit and that's not to say he will become Patrick Mahomes because there's only one Patrick Mahomes, but that is to say that Caleb Williams has that innate ability to just make something happen when it looks like there's nothing there. And that's what separates an elite quarterback from a good quarterback. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, (laughs) I I call him Kyler Hurts because he runs a lot like both of them and throws a lot like Kyler. And so, I mean, he, he's a mixture of both. And some people, and I think he's a mixture of both physically with the swag of Baker. So he's like all these dudes mix into one and that it's like, it's like, Lincoln, and I know this is just such hyperbole, probably, but I'm going to go with it anyways. It's like Lincoln Riley grabbed his favorite traits from each one of those guys and said, mm, "This is the type of quarterback I'm going to. You are, and <laughs> this is this is what you're going to be." And he just took all the best traits, and it's in one dude. And that's that's a scary sight. I mean. I'm perusing these other boards just to kind of see what these other Big 12 and SEC schools are saying, and they're all going, dear God, we have to put up with this for the next few years? Can Oklahoma miss on a dang quarterback? I mean, when Spencer was good as a freshman, he was good. When this kid was good as a freshman, he was better. That's scary. That is and here's, scary, the, here's scary. the thing, Brandon. 
Here's the thing. You know what's even scarier? This was literally day one for Caleb Williams. Yeah. <laughs> like, if this is how good he is in his very first start as a collegiate quarterback, how good is he going to be in 2023 as a no junior? Idea, but really, oh good, my right? goodness. And we know, right? We know Caleb Williams isn't going to be content with the status quo. This is not a guy that's going to check out and be content with playing this level of football forever. No, this dude's going to grind week in and week out and all throughout the off season to take his game to another level. <laughs> and mm-hmm. The thought of what another level could be for Caleb Williams is tantalizing. Well, I can almost guarantee you're going to see that during at some point in time during this season, you're going to see him raise the bar as he gets more and more experience. I think, well, I he's going to need to, right? That's captain like, obvious. He, yeah. He will need to raise the bar because look, the level at which he's playing right now is plenty good enough to get Oklahoma through big 12 play unbeaten, secure a seventh consecutive big 12 championship. But then once you get to the playoff, you really got to be playing your best football of the year. And for a program like Oklahoma, you know, the defense has had its ups and downs recently, a lot more ups than downs, but there's some definite concerns still, particularly in the back end for a program that may, and we'll, we will, we will get to that in much more detail in a few minutes, but for a program that might struggle in terms of allowing points to the likes of, an Alabama or a Georgia or an Ohio state, right? You're going to need a guy at the helm who is a threat to lead your team down the field for a touchdown on every single drive and who can go and do that if necessary. Now the Sooners it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, Baker Mayfield could do that. Generally speaking, Kyler Murray could do that. Mm-hmm. Jalen hurts could usually do that, but the common denominator between all three of those guys is that come the end of the season, come the college football playoff, they weren't at their peak. Jalen Hurts had his worst game of the season against LSU. Kyler yeah. Murray started really, really slow against Alabama. Baker was lights out in the first half against Georgia, but. <laughs> He went out on a real sour note, particularly with that fourth quarter interception to help kill Oklahoma's momentum. And if you want to go back to 2015, uh, his first year starting for Oklahoma did not perform particularly well in the Orange Bowl against Clemson in that college football playoff semifinal. So the common thread here, Brandon, is that Oklahoma has churned out these elite quarterbacks year after year after year, but none of them have been able to put their best football on tape in the college football playoff. If Caleb yeah. Williams does that, look across the college football landscape right now, Brandon. Georgia won today, but got a decent challenge from Kentucky. Number two, Iowa lost and mm-hmm. never really contended against Purdue, unranked Purdue. You have Cincinnati at number three, Ohio State, Alabama kind of sitting there, creeping back into the race. It's wide open right now. I don't know does, that there is a favorite. I don't know that you a move up to number two. Cause I think they might, there's a lot of people having them at number two right now. Cause it's I hard to put, o- it's hard to put Cincinnati at two. It really is. 
It, well, it, no, it is. And because they haven't played. Really it's just, you know, that's a, that's a group of five program. Like the 85th ranked strength of schedule, by the way. Exactly. If you're stacking up Cincinnati next to Oklahoma, particularly in light of what Caleb Williams has done the past two weeks, there are very few people that would make the argument that on a neutral field, Cincinnati is a better team than Oklahoma. And so, yeah, I think Oklahoma is probably number two tomorrow. And I wouldn't be shocked if they garnered a first place vote or two. I think it's pretty clear in my eyes that Georgia is the number one team in the nation until proven otherwise. But I do think Caleb Williams has done enough of his own volition over the last couple of weeks to put Oklahoma in the conversation as a potential number one team to the point where mm-hmm. you might see them pick up a vote here or there tomorrow. I will be shocked if they have a vote just because defensively, I don't know that they warrant one. That's just my opinion. But here's what you forget, Brandon. Offense is sexy. Sexy voters. Voters like offense. So again, Georgia, in my mind, the number one team, but 100%. Yeah. It is not going to shock me if Oklahoma picks up a couple votes. Well, let's, let's talk about this defense or lack thereof. Tonight, <laughs> oh boy! I, I I believe I want to believe that uh, <laughs> that Kendra Miller, Quentin Johnson, and, and Tay Barber are still open. <laughs> They're still running open. Okay, first and, off, right up front, shout out to Quentin Johnston because geez, that dude. Oh my goodness! Left and right, my God! I thought for all the world from field level that Joshua Eaton had picked off Max Duggan. So did we. In the second half of that game, I I I watched that play, and then I I set my camera lens down, took my eye off the lens, and paused my record, and all of a sudden I notice, oh. Hang on, Quentin Johnston's holding the ball. How did how did that happen? Yeah, well, and then it, I go okay. I I go back and look at the replay. Yeah, that was right as pure. Me. That was as pure a Moss job as I have ever seen. And that was, I mean, he had what three touchdowns in that? Football well, it wasn't game? it wasn't just that. It was it was the fact that Joshua Eaton had the ball. He has the ball. Mm-hmm. He's falling down. He's trying to pull it into his body, and as he's falling down in the air. Quentin Johnson just reaches over his head and goes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Look, there is, here's the thing. His reaction, Quentin Johnson's reaction, I think is what confused everybody because it looked like he was like pissing, like screaming, like mad, but no, he was just screaming at Joshua Eaton, just saying, dude, I just mossed your ass and embarrassed you on national television. Yeah. That's the thing is that here's the thing. People are going to take to Twitter tomorrow morning if they haven't already tonight. And they're going to say, oh, all these Oklahoma defensive backs are so short. They have no business being on the field against FBS wide receivers. They're all five foot ten. And then go, go watch the replay of that play. Okay. That is a six foot two man in Joshua Eaton. Mm-hmm. Just getting straight up outclassed by a future NFL wide receiver. There's there's literally nothing you can do about that. And so nope. on a certain level, I will absolve Oklahoma's secondary to a certain degree. They are they are highly culpable for a lot of things tonight. But on a certain level, you also have to acknowledge that Quentin Johnston just played the game of his life. And at six foot four, two twenty-five. 
that dude's a physical mismatch for anybody he lines up against. And there's only, again, there's only so much you can do in a certain, I can't, I can't absolve anything because here's why the, I'll, I'll absolve the, I'll absolve the secondary for this one reason and one reason only attrition injuries. They're, they're down to like their fourth string. I mean, freaking Billy Bowman comes in at corner. He gets hurt. Graham gets hurt. You're already without four other guys before that even happened. And now you're down to freaking Joshua Eden He's literally your fifth string corner. Okay. Here's my question. Brandon You're playing your fifth string corner right now. No, no, no. I'm with you. How the hell did it take them so long to put Latrell McCutcheon in that football game? That was something I talked about in the press box. I'm so confused at what point this is uh, when DJ Graham was healthy in the game. You notice I never threw to his side. Never. No, All they did was they looked over there and said, Number four is in. Let's go ahead and play pitch and catch over towards his side. <laughs> Look. And that's really what it is. It's pitch and catch when he's in. And Look. I am not hating on the kid. I'm calling it like it is. The dude has lost his marbles in all confidence in himself. And I asked oh, that question. Man. I asked the question. I said, what do you do before it starts to snowball, Coach Grinch? And he said, before it starts, it's already snowballing on our secondary. Like, literally, without naming names, started saying things that you knew exactly who he was talking about in his answer. And you're going, and he's just sitting there shaking his head. He's like, but I have no other choice but to play because it's all I got. What? Okay, couple questions here. One, you think Justin Harrington's sitting at home and maybe wishing he would have stuck it out a couple more oh weeks my because God. that dude Does would probably see be seeing the field a lot right at this now? point. He would be freaking starting. Also, he can put his I, name back into the, out of the portal and go back to the I, team. He could. He could. I don't know if they'll let him. That would kind of be an awkward situation all the way around. Guys, I'm back. You need my help? <laughs> Yes, we do, but we're not letting you come in the door. <laughs> My other thing is, at what point does Damon Harmon get a look? Because safety, so that would. Okay, well, he's I, I, he's played Kendall nickel. Dennis? Where's Kendall Dennis? Well, and <laughs> that's an entirely different. Is he even on worms. the team right now? Uh, listen, I, Brad, keep, I, I keep thinking I need to look for him every Saturday and always forget. I legitimately don't. I have asked so many people, Hey, do you have any idea what happened to Kendall Dennis? And these are like, <laughs> these are people with knowledge of things. Right. And they're all just like, no, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't heard that dude's name in forever. He just disappears. So like, I would love to find out exactly what happened. I will do some digging to find out exactly what happened. But Kendall Dennis has literally just vanished off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. He's still on the roster. He's still listed. That means he's I don't out know. there somewhere. We just don't know. We just haven't noticed him. Which yeah, probably isn't not. very good. That probably that's not a good sign as bad as the secondary is. And as many guys that are down. I mean, okay, let's count let's count the corners. How many corners do you think are hurt right now? Cornerback. Okay. So you have Woody DJ Washington. Graham, Woody DJ Washington. Graham. 
um, that I think that's it. Okay, so no, yeah, Justin no. Harrington in the portal. Justin Harrington in the portal. Billy Bowman got hurt. Billy Bowman has like, been banged up. Oh, he got hurt again. He came out. He didn't play in the last couple of series, if I remember correctly. It was McCutcheon oh, I, or Eden. Uh, and then, you you might have caught Davis. something that I didn't catch. I just figured they pulled Bowman from the game because he was getting toasted. But no, I think he got dinged up again. I don't know. Okay. That's just me speculating. Well, I don't know. Then, of course, you have Delarian Turner yell sideline with the hamstring issue. So, of your and then Cordell, 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 yes. So, here's so six dudes. Bring, exactly. To bring that point to a conclusion, there of the five defensive starters in the secondary that you ruled out to start the season, four are currently sidelined. <laughs> there is your problem, folks. <laughs> When your best players are not out there, you tend to get beat up a little bit. And I and I love I love the OU fan that's always like, well, Grinch has recruited these guys. I mean, they should be better. Guys, there is a reason why one starts and the other one doesn't. And you're getting to see it live and in action. It happened right in front of your eyes. Why DTY is the starter over Lawrence Keys. Why Woody Washington's a starter over Jaden Davis? Why DJ Graham is a starter over Latrell McCutcheon? And obviously, Cradell is the backup to Billy Bowman, but I think this goes into effect is why Billy Bowman starts over Justin Broyles. Though I will okay. give Broyles, I'm going to give Broyles credit though. Broyles, he, Broyles has he been. Was a, he was a bright. He was a bright spot tonight. Broyles has not there. not at all had a bad year. Uh, he had no. a great game against Kansas State, and he he was banged up too. Of course, he looks a hundred percent now. So, right. but he he left that Kansas State game with an injury. So that's another one, another guy that has been banged up a little bit. Here here's here's the thing, Brandon. You got Kansas on deck. If I am Alex Grinch. Obviously, Woody Washington is already on the shelf. I am not rushing Delarian Turner Yell back for Kansas. And Ooh. I am telling, I'm telling DJ Graham and Billy Bowman, just take a week off. We're gonna sit you. You can wear street clothes. Give some of these reserves in the secondary a chance to build some confidence. Because look, Kansas is not gonna challenge Oklahoma. The Sooners could play their third stringers. And they'd still win this football game. Mm -hmm. Kansas is a non-competitive football team, non-competitive. They have no business being on the same football field as Oklahoma. So you've got a lot of leeway here. Take those younger guys, take those guys that haven't seen the field a whole lot. Jordan Mukes, Damon Harmon, Bryson Washington, who made a really heads up play tonight. On that he attempted did. onside on, kick on from TCU. Fair catch. Yep. Very, very impressive presence of mind by Bryson Washington there. But again, give these guys a chance to go out there and build some confidence against an opponent that is not going to do much damage through the air. No, I, I agree. I mean, it, it's, it, I think you, you essentially have. Mm, 
I mean, if you want to get down to it, you essentially have three bye weeks coming up. I mean, you got to play two of them. They're quasi buys, but you've got Texas Tech at home, which you, they're not TCU. No. So you would expect you expect Oklahoma to come out and do what they need to do and win that ball game. Same with Kansas, be nine and zero heading to Baylor, and I think that's where things get a little bit tricky because you end the season with Baylor. Iowa State, you at Baylor, Iowa State at home, and then at Oklahoma State. Those are the other three top teams in the Big 12, and whew, Baylor in Waco could be a problem. Could be a problem. I'm just saying, especially if they continue to win. If they continue to win, wow, well, that game, that it just adds the magnitude. That game could be two top 15 teams going at it. It really could. And you got Oklahoma State. I mean, here's the thing. And Oklahoma State could lose and then win out, right? And they'll still be a top two, top 15 team going into Bedlam. But if Iowa State beats Oklahoma State, and that's this coming week, if that happens, you're looking at, Iowa State and Oklahoma also be like Oklahoma legitimately could be playing three top 10, top 15 teams to end the season in a row. And again, it goes back to it's not looking like a guarantee to go undefeated at that point. Well, no, but again, it goes back to what we're just talking about. You want to, no, you want to be playing your best football towards the end of the year. And I think Oklahoma, both emotionally and in terms of the product that you see on the football field, they've turned a corner. That Texas game was a turning point. Offensively, for sure. But they may have turned a corner defensively, but going the uh, other direction. In the the, the wrong direction, yes. Look, they got to get guys healthy and they got to be able to endure that closing stretch against Baylor and Iowa State and Oklahoma State at close to full health and playing their best football of the year. And that's why I think it's re- these next couple of weeks are really, really important. And I think they're good opportunities to get some guys looks guys that have not gotten a ton of looks thus far this season, because the other thing that you want to have down the stretch is depth. You want to have quality depth. You want to have guys that you can put out there and they will have confidence that they'll be able to go and make plays. And you can have confidence in them that they'll be able to go and make plays. So I think Kansas and Texas tech provide two really natural opportunity. Look, Caleb Williams and that offense are going to score at will against those yep. two teams. They are going to yep. score at will Oklahoma. Like you, I would be willing to wager. You will not see Michael Turk punt either of the next two games. <laughs> now with that, With that noted, again, you do not have to worry about the score with these two teams because they're two of the most atrocious defenses in the FBS. Mm -hmm. You're not going to, you're just not going to be challenged. You're not. So give everybody reps, give everybody looks. Hopefully you have a guy or two on either side of the ball that really breaks out, makes a couple big plays, 
and they begin to build that confidence and they begin to build that rapport with their teammates to the point where you can add a couple more people to the rotation down the stretch. And if you aren't at full health come November, then you can still have players that can take the place of those guys that you're missing at that point in time. And (laughs) this is such a, it's such a weird stretch because like, like you said, Brandon, you have two quasi buys on deck and then you have an actual buy. So it goes one or two, one of two directions at that point, (laughs) either you take things, you take things as seriously as you possibly can. You determine that you're going to take care of business. You're going to smite these two low grade opponents. And then you're going to head into the bye with your sole focus being on coming out, going to Waco on November 13th, putting the pedal to the metal and finishing the season strong. Or you can let that sense of apathy begin to set in. You can get lethargic. There's always that danger with a couple of teams like this with a bye week in particular. And the fact that you have your two worst opponents, worst FBS opponents of the year and a bye, all in succession. So Oklahoma has got to keep their focus as a team down the stretch, because if they lose their focus, and look, I'm really not, I'm not worried about it because I know one guy that isn't going to lose his focus is Caleb Williams. And right now he's the most important player on the football field for Oklahoma. So I'm less concerned. I think with a Caleb Williams led football team than I would be otherwise about maintaining focus, but we come back to the fact that again, defensively, there are some questions right now. The question need to be answered. You need to get guys healthy. So the next three weeks, Three weeks from now, we're going to be sitting here podcasting Brandon, and the Sooners are going to be nine and L. That's just the reality. Mm-hmm. But the next three weeks, there's a lot more at stake beyond that record, right? Beyond keeping a zero in the loss column, because how you attack the next three weeks is going to determine how the next three weeks unfold. That is uh, spot on. I mean, look, they've got to. First off, they've got to find somebody that's going to be consistent in the back end of the defense. And whether that means you're going, they're going to have to get guys healthy, which I think that's the obvious answer. But I think the other obvious answer is, is that the guys that are getting the experience now, they've got to get their confidence back because one way or the other, Teams are going to go at them now. They're not going to sit there and try to running the ball on OU isn't an option, really. It's it's just not that successful. So what you do is you just say, okay, well, we're not going to run the ball. We're just going to throw the ball around and pick on your inexperience back into the defense while everybody else is over there in street clothes. And their teams have been successful with that. Now I will I will say this last week after like a quarter and a half the defense just tightened up and it never the, Texas never really got going again. Now I don't know where that was tonight. It was like they weren't focusing on the tackle part 
And I think that tackling in space is another thing. Like you're not going to, when you start going up against the Alabamas, the Georgias, the, I can't believe I'm saying this, the Cincinnati of the worlds, <laughs> you got to tackle in space. Cause if you don't, that's six points. Easy. You're not going to have guys that are catching dudes by with angles all the time because they have guys just as fast or faster than you. That's kind of why they're ranked really high. You know, they got dudes too. So this is when the fundamentals start to come into play. And if you're not working on the fundamentals in this time, this portion of the season, it's going to catch up to you later on. It hasn't caught up with Oklahoma yet. But it will, so they better get it fixed this week or in the in the weeks to come, before they play the Baylor's, the Iowa State, the Oklahoma State's of the world, because those three teams are capable of upsetting Oklahoma, fully capable of upsetting Oklahoma. I I I just I don't I want to say that Oklahoma. is a healthy player or two away from being great on defense. But I think they're a healthy player or two away from being decent on defense right now. It's the narratives kind of shifted for me because Oklahoma started the season off in the first two or three weeks. They were dominant defensively. I think what you're seeing right now, Brandon, if I can interject here real quick, I think you're seeing right now just how important Delarian Turner yell is to the recipe. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I I think I think it's that I think it's also has to do with just the defense is wearing down. I mean, you're seven straight weeks without a buy. You're working on nine. They need a bye week really bad, like very badly. If for nothing else than to get a couple of guys back and to iron some some of those kinks. So I we'll see. I, I think I trust that Grinch is going to get it done just because uh, he's last year he showed that he could improve the defense. When they were healthy, they were good. They were borderline great last year. Same personnel. just got to get healthy. And then if they're not good after that, then there's some major problems and Grinch is going to have some answering to do. That's the best way I can explain it right now. It's so hard to figure out what this Oklahoma defense's identity truly is. Like, is this really a unit? <laughs> I think we're almost we're almost having the same conversation about the defense that we were about the team as a whole a couple weeks mm-hmm. back, Brandon. It's like, okay, did we overhype them? Do they really have a ceiling that's that high? I think that's a fair question at this that's point. That's very fair. But but again, once you get Delarian Turner yelled back healthy, a guy we haven't even talked about that 
has missed the last three games with an injury is Jalen Redmond as well. Yeah, so, no, I think he's I think he's probably the biggest piece of the puzzle in my mind. You have a lot of missing pieces right now. You have a patchwork defense. You are down some of your key guys. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it ad nauseum at this point, but I really I'm holding off on making a judgment on just how good or just how bad this Oklahoma defense truly is at least until they get Delarian Turner yell and Jalen Redmond back healthy. Right. And we know Woody Washington will be back hopefully sometime in November. At least that's what it's looking like. So you get him back in the fold again. I think, I think the performance should be vastly improved. Absolutely. (laughs) If that's not the case, then Alex Grinch is going to, like you said, Brandon, he's going to have a lot of questions to answer and he's Mm -hmm. going to have a lot of very vocal dissenters and detractors. Yeah, no, I, who do you, who do you foresee playing Oklahoma in the big 12 title game at this rate? Well, I, I, I said it was Texas and I think it's pretty clear at this point that barring utter chaos, it's not going to be Texas. There's no way it could be Texas they, at this yeah, point. Yeah, well, they they now have two Big Twelve losses. They don't own the tiebreaker. Well, they have. Oh three no, that's total right. Losses. They got three total yeah. losses. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, they have three total losses, but they have two in conference play. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State now owns the tiebreaker head to head over them. Yeah, Texas needs a lot to go their way to be playing for the Big Twelve title. Right at this point, Brandon. It, it, I'm as dumbfounded as anyone that I am putting these words in the air. It's really hard not to say Oklahoma State at this point. Like, it's really hard not to say that we're not going to get Bedlam on November 27th and then turn around and do it again the very next week. That's what it looks like for all the world we're going to have. That would be the and worst thing ever for the Big 12. A lot can change. Look, <laughs> it won't be a, it won't be great for the Big 12, but then again, the Big 12 only is dealing with this current lineup and this current format for another couple right. of years. So, right at, at most, so I, I really don't think it's going to be too much skin off the Big 12's nose at this point. But yeah, I, just, it's crazy to me that that Oklahoma State team is six and zero because I did not believe in that team at all. Like if you would have told me that Oklahoma State preseason, if you would have told me that they were going to start the year six and zero, I would have laughed in your face, straight up, because that looked like an absolute impossibility. Yet here we are, and it is now pretty abundantly clear that at least in terms of a plausible path to the Big Twelve championship game. Obviously, the Big 12 runs through Oklahoma, but the challenger's path runs through Stillwater and Oklahoma State. And they're in the driver's seat right now to be able to play the Sooners at year's end in Arlington. It's... I don't know how you get around that. (laughs) 
But I can't imagine it's going to be just like a, a, a something that the television, particularly ESPN, is going to be thrilled about. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, we're showing Oklahoma State. They lost at home this past week. But good news, they get to play OU again this week for the Big 12 title. I think it may be one of the worst attended games after they see if Oklahoma goes up there and wins by say 21, you really think Oklahoma state fans are going to come down to the big 12 title game and just watch oh, that straight up, Brandon. Like what if Oklahoma just blows them out? Like what I mean, if it's, that's what I'm talking what if it's about. straight up like a 59 to 21 game. That's not out of the realm of possibility because it's a ranked Oklahoma well, state. No, team. it's not. Every time a ranked Oklahoma state team goes up against OU outside of 2011, it has been butt kicking after butt kicking. Gosh, this is oh, this is such a weird year of college football. Such Which means a weird it could be year. one of those weird years that Oklahoma State beats OU. Well, they have the defense to do it. That let's let's not get carried away here, Brandon. <laughs> I'm gonna have to I, that I will have to see to believe. Oh man. It's just, well, you're I, I love this. I love that this. That Oklahoma state was going to have a losing. No, record. believe me. Like if there is, if there's one person that does not deserve an opinion about Oklahoma state at this point in time, <laughs> it's me. I, I will freely acknowledge that. <laughs> no, and I guarantee anyone who is listening is certainly not listening at this point for my takes on Oklahoma state, <laughs> but Sure they are. If they're betting, they just do the opposite of what you say. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, that's about the only thing. I think thing the Oklahoma my... State's going to lose this. They're going to do it. They're going to yeah. fulfill my death. What I said earlier this year, it's going to happen now. I'm going to go ahead and throw two yeah, hundred on Oklahoma man. State. <laughs> oh, sheesh. As, as smart as Caleb Williams is making me look, the pokes are making me look equally as stupid. So it's a, uh, it's a zero-sum game at this point. Right on. Well, but yeah, it's, um, I, I just, I love where we're at and I feel like I say it every week, but I just love the fact that we actually have parody. We have competition. We have a sense of novelty in college football in 2021. Right. It's not Alabama, Ohio state Clemson at the top. That's true. It's very different. Um, not so different, but it is different. I mean, you have your normal guys up there and I, I think, Oh, Alabama is kind of creeping their way back into the top four. So there's that too. Uh, but I would probably say my top five would be Georgia, Oklahoma, Cincinnati. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hmm. I guess Alabama and Ohio State, that'd be my five. But it's weird because Alabama is coming off the heels of a loss like two weeks ago. 
or a week, eight days ago. And now all of a sudden they're going to be back in the top five. That just seems weird. Well, they're top Alabama. Four. Yeah, it's true. Hey, Alabama gets the benefit of the doubt in every circumstance. Yeah. As they and they should. deserve it. They right. deserve it. Yeah. But I don't know. At this point, I think I'm I'm fighting. I'm fighting the urge to do what I want to do and put Oklahoma sleep? above Georgia. <laughs> well, it's sleep. It's almost 3 a.m. So, yes, I would love to sleep. But, man, I'm very tempted to assert that with Caleb Williams at quarterback, Oklahoma could be a better team than Georgia is. No. I don't think. I no. don't think I'm no, <laughs> not yet. No, I don't think I'm there yet. I think for right now, George is still number one for me, but I agree. I think Oklahoma's two. I think Alabama is three. Mm, Beyond above that, Cincinnati, I think you have to have the top undefeated guys at the at one, two, three. I just don't think there's any way around it. Okay, that's, that's the fair. right thing. And that's I, the right thing to no, do. No, it is. And I'm I generally am always the one pounding the table saying give the undefeated a chance no matter where they no matter where they come from. So no, I, I hear you on that. And if I were if I were seeding the college football playoff today, I I don't know that I would rank that's Cincinnati a above that's a Alabama, different story. but I would that's different. Yeah, that's I would different. I would make sure that Cincinnati gets in because right. Cincinnati deserves a chance. If they do finish the season undefeated, they do deserve a chance to go compete for the national. Your prize is a rematch versus Georgia. Yeah. And look, I do think Cincinnati is a school that can hang with and beat just about anybody save for Georgia, Oklahoma, and Alabama. Yeah. And here's the the three teams right now. Georgia is going to want to curb stump their ass because of them almost beating them last year. Because of I forgot about that. That's right. Because they almost beat them. Georgia is going to be pissed off about that. Almost. Oh, didn't happen, but it almost did. Those two teams they 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 might meet up again in the college football playoff this year. There's a a real good chance that happens. It was a really good game too. There's a real good chance that happens. But yeah, I mean, look right now. I think your top tier is Georgia, Oklahoma, and Alabama. Beyond that. Would RJ Young agree with you on that? <laughs> no, don't you? You don't want to get me go started, Brandon. You want to go on those tears? <laughs> those tears just crack me up, man. Um, and you know, I'm I, I like him. I just just some of the stuff that he puts out there, I, I just laugh. I'm like, ah, oh, well, that's funny. <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far, but uh, cool. Um. Uh, I think we've covered everything for this game for the most part. Um, it was a big visit weekend for Oklahoma, or it is a big we big visit weekend. Plus, plus, and I think this needs to be talked about more than anything. Monday is the announcement date of one Gentry Williams, five-star defensive back out of Tulsa, Booker T. Washington. He's down between Missouri, USC, Florida, and Oklahoma. The announcement's going to be on CBS Sports HQ. You can go to cbssports.com, click on live television around 245, and you will get to see 
Gentry Williams announced where he's going to go to college. I've had a crystal ball in for him for two years, over two years, right? It's over two years, right? Yeah, yours was July of 2019. Two years and like three and a half months. I've had a crystal ball in for him to Oklahoma, and I have yet to waver, even with all the USC stuff. B. Diddy, B. Diddy stood pat with Oklahoma and Gentry Williams, same as I did with, with Gabriel Brown Lodindy. So I feel pretty confident Brandon, in Oklahoma. Brandon, you're not allowed to refer to yourself as B. Diddy. I don't know. I just tried it out again. That's what my friends used to call me jokingly. There's a story behind that, but it's I cannot talk about it on air. I see. No, you don't B- see D- because B did because you cannot you cannot fathom how that name came about. The question is, do I want to fathom? I don't know. It was a dare that happened. Let's just say this. <laughs> Let's just say I my calligraphy with a razor is very, very good, apparently. And we'll I don't want any further that. details. Let's keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> you can already imagine where that's going. <laughs> you, you picked up on it pretty quick, didn't you? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I think I think the people are getting seen another side because they didn't know there was like a, a side of me like that because everybody always knew I was like this serious person, and I think I've kind of let loose a little bit on our podcast more than I normally do. Here in the last few weeks. Yeah, so last last couple of weeks you've been on one. I it's the real but you know that's the real me. Like you know me off the Oh air, yes, so. believe me, I know. <laughs> so the, the fans are just getting to see the real the real Brandon. I'm sorry, guys. This and I I just want to clarify that this was back when I was in my college, early college years, by mind you. This was this was a long, this was like 16 years ago. Anyways. Um. Yeah, do you have the do you have the visitor list pulled up? I can pull it up one moment here. Well, so can I. I just thought maybe you had to pull it up. Yes, I now have it directly in front of me. So, proceed. Okay. Well, it is a big visit weekend for Oklahoma. Um, Parker and I put together a. Pretty, we put together a really substantial list. Um, I, I, you know, I, I would talk. We'll, we'll, I'll talk about it more on the on the podcast on Tuesday. But I was in Florida all week, and you know, last week I said got some things coming. Well, we were in Florida. All last week, I was in the Tampa area, Lakeland, Florida, seeing Gabe Dindy. I was at his commitment ceremony. I was invited down by his family. Um, We were the only 
we were the only <laughs> we were the only site they invited. I know that for a fact. Um, and so, and if, if you can go to the the podcast, you can see that there's an interview on the podcast, or you can oh you insider, you can watch the video. It's really cool. Gabe, his facial expressions, the way he talks, the way we interact, it's pretty neat. Um, was saw Marvin Jones Jr. I saw Brandon Ennis. I saw 2023 uh, offensive lineman Peyton Kirkland. And we got a lot of information when we were down there in Florida for a few days. And I went to Dallas and then came up to cover the OU game today. So uh, it's been a busy, busy week for OU Insider. Parker was in Wichita Falls and went and covered 2022 four-star linebacker commit Kobe McKenzie out of Lubbock Cooper High School. Um, Kobe McKenzie's probably one of the coolest personalities that OU fans are going to get. Like The fact that OU is about to have at the linebacker spot, Kobe McKenzie and Danny Stutzman is going to be a treat for Sooners fans as far as personalities goes. Would you agree, Parker? Did you see what Danny Stutzman tweeted tonight after the game? I did. When he took a photo of, of, uh, um, Shane Witter, Shane Witter in number 13 and, and said that he's real proud of Caleb, Caleb Williams. And tag team. <laughs> because Danny Stutzman do is a freaking icon. Man. 13, he's yeah. already a freaking icon. Yeah, I was, that, is, that was that was fantastic, by the way. Oh, he is going to be one of the most beloved Sooners in program history by the time it's all said and done. So, anyways, you, you were you were, and you also went and saw Jacob Sexton, right? Thursday, I did. Yes, yeah, he, you got on stuff him. on all that. Yeah, I, I held off on mine because it, mine has a lot to do with some stuff that's. In the, I'll just, it'll be out Monday morning, just so everybody's going to know. Like Monday morning, you're going to get mine and it's going to be chock full of like, it's going to be pretty awesome uh, if you're an OU fan. And then followed up by uh, us having full coverage of Ginger Williams' announcement as well. Um, But the visitor list this weekend, look, Oklahoma brought it. I mean, they brought it this weekend with 2022 four star, the number one or two running back in the country, Gavin Sawchuk. Uh, he's committed to OU. You have Kobe McKenzie. Was is Kobe McKenzie in on his official? That's a good question. I don't know for sure. I don't know. You were just so. there. <laughs> I well that's the thing. You didn't ask. He told me this is typically it's a visit. No, I probably, I probably should have, but I kind of took it for granted that he already had his official because he said he'd been to every single home game thus far. Yeah. He's also at the barbecue. And so I'm I'm pretty positive that the barbecue was the official visit, but I'm going to hit up his dad, Will, and I'll find out. Um, Or Kobe doesn't really matter. They're both great and respond. Uh, four-star defensive back Azari Thomas. Now, this one is an interest, interesting one because he was supposed to visit for the barbecue. Mom got sick, had to miss. Now he's showing up for an official visit. And I think Oklahoma actually has a chance here. I think LSU, Florida kind of out in front, but I think Oklahoma's right there. 
and, and you never know. Oklahoma does such a fantastic job with the visits that it's really, really hard to count them out on anything. And another one I would go as far as to say that Oklahoma is in a very good spot is with 2022 four-star defensive lineman Hero Canoe out of California, out of Santi, uh, Santiago Margarita, California. And he went to the same high school, Catholic high school, in Santiago Margarita. Is, is it San, is Santina Margarita or San? How, wh- where is he from? How do you say it? I, I believe it's just Santa Margarita. I've been saying Santiago Margarita. Santa Margarita Santa, Catholic. There yeah, you go. Catholic. Yes. I know it's a Catholic. That's what I was saying. It's a Catholic school there. Um, you want to know who else went there? Who else went there? Grant Calcaterra. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Oh, yes, he did. So Oklahoma has a connection with that staff, a very close connection with that staff. And it'll be good news for everybody. Uh, Jamar Kane and Calvin Thibodeau are in charge of that commit recruitment. Said commitment. Recruitment might be a commitment. We don't know. <laughs> Could be. Those two have been on a roll lately. Um, Caden Helms, four-star tight end. Commit is uh, in town, four-star defensive back. Jaden Rowe is on a visit, four-star offensive lineman Jacob Sexton, three-star defensive back Robert Spears Jennings. All those guys are committed to OU. And so is 2023 five-star wide receiver DeAndre Moore. Uh, He's in town. And four-star linebacker Tackett Curtis, four-star offensive lineman Isaiah Robinson, um, four-star defensive end edge rusher, Nicholas Harbor, four-star defensive back Micah Tease, and four-star defensive back Jacoby Johnson, uh, all in town. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Alex Grinch went to watch Jacoby Johnson this past weekend. And sources tell me that OU is like they want that kid bad after seeing him in person. Very badly. After after personally seeing him in person several times, yes, I would want him bad if I were Oklahoma. And I know you've uh, probably I mean, seen him more than oh, anyone, Brandon. Yeah, I have. I only live right down the street from the kid. Literally live right down the street from the kid. I know him very well. Uh, my son works with them every now and then. And obviously, I'm around the Mustang program being that uh, the coach's kids play on our team. And uh, I'm around the high school a lot, just living down the street uh, from the high school and friends with the coaches and stuff on that staff. And Jacoby obviously was there today. It was twofold for him. One, he likes Oklahoma a lot. Two, his dad played at TCU and they're big Horn Frog fans. Uh, Jacoby, not so much. He's an OU kid, but um, and, and so is his dad is obviously Billy Tubbs. So his dad is back and forth with Oklahoma and TCU obviously played at TCU. So he's more TCU than Oklahoma, but I totally wouldn't be shocked if Jacoby committed in the next three or four months, honestly, like, I don't know that he's going to drag this thing out that long. He's not one to really like the process. So 
I just I don't know. Um, uh, Nicholas Harris, Nicholas Harbor had some great things. If you haven't seen that, Steve Wolfong already has an update from his visit to Oklahoma on OU Insider VIP, the four-star edge rusher. OU is in a prime spot, and I think Parker, you know a lot about that. I'm actually going to be out there. DMV. Yep. DMV I, ties. That is um, stomping grounds that I uh, used to live in that area. And I'm going to head back out there here in the next few weeks. Spend a few days out there going around to some of the schools. I'm going to go see Nicholas Harbor. I'm going to see Jason Smith. I'm going to go see um, Derek Moore. And I'm telling everybody this right now. Um, oh my gosh, I can never remember the kid's first name. Uh, but yep, Jason, Jason Barham, who is an outside linebacker for St. Francis Academy. Uh, he hasn't been offered by OU. Now OU's talked to him, but he hasn't been offered. He is a guy I would watch closely if Oklahoma misses out on misses out on Marvin Jones Jr. Watch closely. He is ranked, and this is the crazy part about it. He is ranked on two four seven. He is the number sixtieth player overall. A lot of people have him going to South Carolina. I would not be shocked if OU misses out on Marvin Jones if they don't go and try to swoop that kid because of his relationship with Derek Moore. And Oklahoma is in a very, is in very, very good with the uh, St. Francis Academy coaches. So just something to watch, something to put a pin in if things don't work out too great with, and Oklahoma kind of sees that they're not going to get Marvin Jones Jr., which right now, I, I say Oklahoma leads after everything that I've been told when I was down there in Florida. That's just, a, and I think that's more interesting than anything else. Um, Parker, what, as far as what is your, you've talked to Tacky Curtis, what's your gauge on that kid? I will say Oklahoma has done an outstanding job in that recruitment and Tackett and his family are very, very open about the whole process there there you know you have certain prospects and certain from louisiana who are, though. yes exactly you have certain prospects and certain families who are a little more guarded a little bit more covert about their intentions about their preferences it's not so with the curtises uh tackett and his family are very very transparent about everything here's the deal Tack is a guy that for my money is going to end up a top 50 prospect. He's already flirting in that territory, but by the end of the 2023 cycle, mm-hmm. you just, you look at that kid's film. It's special. He's a special football player and right. has a lot of versatility, has just a ton of physical tools that have helped him glean over 40 FBS offers to this point, which is unbelievable. You know, some guys are, highly regarded prospects in the top 100 and by their senior year, they've only got 20 or 25 Tackett's got 40 already. So there are a lot of right. programs across the nation that want him and look, they're giving everybody a shot. 
They've visited, I believe, over a dozen campuses at this point. Oh, they've been to OU like three times. Yes, yes. So they are constantly on the move, checking out schools, making sure everybody gets a fair shake and tack its recruitment. So this is one that Oklahoma is going to have to win the hard way if they do win it because everybody's got a legitimate horse in this race. Mm -hmm. And I... This this is just not one that I'm going to feel comfortable even stating with any degree of confidence that there is one leader for, for probably quite some time, months, if not another year, just because that's, that's the way that they're doing. That's the way that they're going about this business and this recruitment is they're giving everybody a fair shake and... I like where Oklahoma stands. I think if right now I had to pick Tackett's top five interests, I think Oklahoma would probably be among that top five. I don't know. That again, probably right. If you visit a, if you visit the school three times in a well, Oklahoma or two times. Yeah, Oklahoma's. Yeah, no, I would solidly put them in the top five. I will say Oklahoma's not the only school that he's visited multiple times over the last few months. No, he's I I there. get that. But you got, here's my here's my question. One LSU's situation has to play some somewhat into this, right? Look, Number I don't two, think the kid ends up at LSU. <clears throat> I, I'll just yeah. a lot of interests for Tackett, and hopefully within the next few months. Uh, Who's he remind you? He of? wants it. <sighs> That's a good question. He's the type of guy that he also plays small school ball in Louisiana Mm -hmm. and he's the best athlete on the field every single time he steps on it. So he's (laughs) one of those guys that does everything at six foot two, two twenty. does everything from playing quarterback to returning kicks. Right. So I don't know. I'm going to have to noodle on that one a little more because offhand, I don't know that there and it might just be because it's 3 a.m. and I'm struggling to stay coherent, but there's not a comp that immediately jumps to mind for Tackett. Well, um trying to think if there's anything else we really want to talk about here. I don't think there is. Oklahoma obviously won 52-31 over TCU tonight. Uh Caleb Williams. What more can you say? It's a bad man at quarterback right now, and he is proving to be good enough that Kirk Herbstreit has already thrown his name into the hot candidacy. <laughs> Rat poison. I don't know about that. That kid's not even, I don't know that no. he cares. Well, no, he doesn't care. I just, I find it hard to believe that you'll be getting an invite to New York with six starts under your belt. Although at this point, the race is wide open enough that there's, there's a chance. I'll say that there's a chance. There's an outside chance, but there's a chance nonetheless. Yeah. No, I, I think if he plays like this over the next two or three weeks, I think that you have no choice, but to at least throw his name in the invitee pot, if you will, the, proverbial pot uh, or hat, whatever you want to call it. 
Um, I feel like the because you got to think about it, man. If Caleb Williams throws for 300 yards and runs for 60 yards and has averages three touchdowns a game, how, how could you not have him invited? Because at that point, you're looking at a kid that's probably what thrown for 1500 yards in four weeks. Yeah, okay, here's it. here's my thing. Bryce Young is definitely going to be He's in New York invited. at this yep. rate. Mm-hmm. Matt Corral's definitely going to be in New York. Okay, there's two. That's it. Maybe Bijan if they can continue to win. And that's the thing. Beyond that, it's wide open. So for me, here's what has to happen. Oklahoma has to stay undefeated, mm-hmm. and Ohio State has to lose again. Because the other guy that I think is in that conversation is C.J. Stroud who has very quietly put up some really good numbers for Ohio state. Nobody's paying much attention to Ohio state right now because well, that, that's, the, feel thing. Like a lot of that's people... the thing. That's the thing. Caleb Williams has captivated the country because of the Spencer Rattler issue. And which is where that, that'll work. That is half the, that's half the battle. That's half the battle is having the rest of the country talking about you. And especially when the rest of the country is uh, Joel Klatt and Kirk Herbstreet, they run college football. And what they say goes. And if they say that kid is the best and deserves to be in the Heisman race, guess what? That kid's going to be in the Heisman race. That's just facts. And he's you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. It's just there's <laughs> that's kind of the he's politics flashy. of the deal. Is yeah, when you're flashy and yeah. the nation knows your name. And believe me, it does with Caleb Williams. It's like cheers. It's like cheers right now. It's at the bar. Yeah. So. No, I mean, look. If there is, if there is one guy at this rate that will be able to play himself into Heisman consideration after six starts, it is Caleb Williams. It'll be interesting. And you know the the crazy part is, is I think it's so wide open this year. Or at least that's the way it feels right now. Obviously, a lot can change within the next two or three weeks. But if all things considered and everything is equal, which they're not, but if they are in a few weeks, I feel like a lot of these voters are going to hold off and wait till after championship Saturday to put in their vote. Because they'll have till Sunday at 5 p.m. to do it or Monday at 5 p.m. or whatever before they have to have it in. Would you agree with that? I, I That's probably, I mean, to a certain degree, that's how it happened last year because that was as hotly contested a race as you can recall for quite Who a while. last year? I don't even remember. It was Devontae Smith. That's correct. Devontae Smith won, but... And I think, you know, at year's end, it became evident to the majority that that was the right decision to give Devontae Smith. Yeah, the but there's but there, no were lot of, well, there were a lot right of other pay, players with cases. Mac Jones had a case. Um, His teammate. To, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who else was in that discussion. Um, regardless. Well, the point being, Lawrence. if it's, well, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, that's right. Uh, if it does, 
like if 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 somebody like Bryce Young or Matt Corral emerges down the stretch as the guy that's going to win it, you know, every so often you have a guy that will just run away with the race over the second half of a season. So if that happens, fine and well. But again, if you go into championship Saturday, like you said, Brandon, there is there is some question as to who the guy is. I think you're right. We could definitely see a circumstance like that where a clutch performance and a big moment, a championship moment in a conference championship game could help swing the the race and be a deciding factor therein. Yeah, you never know. Uh, I, that is actually, at, at this juncture, it's just early talk, but I, I'm going to be interested to see if come Monday or Tuesday, if Caleb's name doesn't get thrown in the odds, Vegas odds. If that happens, you know he's a viable candidate. So just something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on. That's it. That's going to do it for this version of the OU Insider Under the Visor Sooners postgame podcast. want to thank you guys. We've had such a huge, huge month on OU Insider. If you're not a member, please at least consider signing up. $1 for the first month, $9.95 afterwards if you want to go month to month. If you want to go for a whole year right now, we're doing $75. We're doing, sorry, $75 at 30% off. $75 gets you one year. And I believe this week we're going to go 50% off for a couple of days. Uh, if that is the case, it'll be $53. We'll get you one year of OU Insider. That means you'll get all the way through to the middle of or the last half of October of 2022. That means both National Signing Days, all the Junior Days, through the playoffs, the bowls, spring, all the visits that go up all the way halfway through the 2022 season before you need to re-up. And it's a deal. I mean, the fact that we are growing so fast. I mean, we are growing fast, fast, fast on OU Insider. We've already got almost 9 million page views 16 days into the month of October. I think we're actually over 9 million at this point, which means we're on pace for almost 20 million page views in the month of October, which would be a record for OU Insider for the month of October. And that's all thanks to you awesome, awesome Sooner fans. Uh, we couldn't thank you all enough for visiting OU Insider and perusing all the, the reports and and stories, everything that we take the time to, to publish and type up for you, all for you guys uh, at OU Insider and OU Insider VIP. Um, so, yeah, that's going to do it for this OU Insider Under the Advisor Sooners podcast, post-game podcast, excuse me. My name is Brandon Drum. That's Parker Thune. You guys have a blessed night. Oklahoma won 52 to 31 over TCU. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We'll check you later.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. 